Well, good morning once again, and uh, it's, it's, it's good to continue today as we uh, start into a, a sermon series last week. Uh, you can have a seat if you'd like. Uh, we start into a sermon series last week called Reaching Our Valley, Reach Our Valley. Really, we want to look at some of what God has been doing in the life of our church and through our church in, in the past, in the present, and the future. And really, this is kind of rooted in the idea that God is a God who has been about mission from the very beginning. And when we think about mission within the life of our church, it's not about being, being trendy uh, or being cool. <laughs> the church isn't called to be trendy. The church is not called to be cool. The church isn't called to be large even. It doesn't mean that we don't want to reach folks. What the church must be is holy. The church is called to be salt and light to the world around us. The church is called to be faithful to this mission of God, the God who found us when we were lost, who rescued us, who transformed us, and then who called us to be a part of what God is doing in the world. Amen? And so we're, we're on this journey together realizing that what the world needs most from us is for us to, to embody the love and grace of God that we've received so that the world around us can also know the love and grace of God in their own lives. You know, today I want us to look at just a couple of verses from the book of Philippians. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to, to join me in Philippians chapter 2. We're just going to read two verses, verses 12 and 13, but I would ask you if you're able to, to stand and join me as we read God's Word. Therefore, my loved ones, just as you always obey me, not just when I'm present, but now even more while I am away, carry out your own salvation with fear and trembling. God is the one who enables you both to want and to actually live out his good purposes. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Amen. You know, there's an old African proverb that some of you might be familiar with. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You know, it reminds me that we live in a world that often wants to go fast, right? We have fast food. We have fast internet. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% on car insurance? You know, we, we even sometimes talk about wanting to retire early, right? We, we want things to happen quickly. We live in a world that longs to go fast. But the Christian faith is a call to go far. The Christian journey is a journey to go far. To not just be a, a quick thing, but, but to go far. I, I'm reminded of, of passages that we find throughout Scripture, like in Colossians where it says to set your eyes on things above. Or in Romans when it says that, that we are to, to not be conformed to patterns of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing through Jesus Christ, right? I'm reminded of places like, like Psalm 78 where it says to tell the next generation about the praiseworthy deeds of our Lord so that they can know those things and so that that next generation can in turn go on and tell their children. This call to a life of faith is, is a call to go far. And in order to go far, 
We need one another. In order to go far, we cannot do this on our own. We are called into to relationship together. You know, I, I'm reminded of this often as I interact with people in our church, and I was reminded of this this past Monday. Some of you who are here today joined us on Monday as we had an, an open house for Deborah, who, who just retired this week after seven years of serving as our, our, our lead secretary in the office. And on Monday, some of you gathered actually just right out here as we just had a time of, of fellowship and to share with her. And, you know, I kind of was in and out because we did that over a couple of hours. But there was a time on Monday when I, I found myself standing out in the foyer and I looked and around these different tables were just groups of people gathered. Some people I hadn't even seen in quite a while. And groups of people gathered together and it just, honestly, it just made me smile to see people spending time together, time in relationship, time in fellowship, because we need that. And you know, it's been really hard to have that over the last year and a half. And we've needed that so desperately. But the need for relationship is about more than just social interaction when when it comes to the Christian faith. It's a lot more than that. Let me maybe use an example. You know, I went to, to college and seminary and started pastoring and I was single. I was three years into pastoring before Jennifer and I married. And when I was single, I could just kind of do whatever I wanted to do. I could run any time of day I wanted to run. I could spend my money on the things I wanted to spend my money on. I could put deodorant on if I wanted to or not put deodorant on if I wanted to. That could be why it took me a little while to get married. But when I got married, when I married Jennifer, if I was said, you know, I love you and I want to live my life with you, but I had kept living the same way I had lived while I was single, like how well do you think that would have gone over? <laughs> Not very well, right? You know, this call to faith in Jesus Christ is not just something that is lived out between us and our Savior. It's a call to, to faith that, that we live out together. See, Christian faith is, is personal, but it's never private. What I mean by that is that our Christian faith is not just God and me. Our Christian faith is God and we. We are in this together. We share in this journey and relationship together. Some of you are familiar with a guy by the name of N.T. Wright. He's a, a brilliant author and theologian. In one of his books, he, he put it this way. He, he said, it's as impossible, unnecessary, and undesirable to be a Christian all by yourself as it is to be a newborn baby all by yourself. We need one another. We need one another to, to live out this faith that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, I, I grew up in the church. Uh, I missed my first Sunday of life mainly because I was coming home from the hospital that day. And we didn't get home in time for church, probably. Since that day, though, I've missed very few Sundays over all of the years since that time. Growing up in the church, I kind of realized that, that, you know, some things about what it meant to participate in church. I, I realized that if you liked Jesus, you would show up to the service on Sunday mornings. If you really liked Jesus, you would also show up for Sunday school. Did I mention we have Sunday school after? If you really, really liked Jesus, not only would you show up for service 
in Sunday school, but you would also come back on Sunday nights. And then there were some folks who not only came for service and Sunday school and Sunday nights, but they would even show up to prayer meeting on Wednesday nights or caravan for children or youth group for teens, and we simply call those people saints. You know, we kind of, it just kind of seemed like participation was about these certain things. You know, over the years, I've come to realize some things. There are certain kinds of ways in which we embody and live our faith out. What we are doing right now is very important. It's important that we, we gather together for worship. And I've been so grateful that over this last year and a half or so, we've been able to join together with those who also join us online, who aren't able to in other ways. It's important that we gather together because when we gather together, it does several things. One, it reminds us that we are not on this journey by ourselves. It reminds us that the focus is not us, the focus is on Jesus Christ. And so we come together and we gather together to, to be reminded that as Christians, the one we follow is Jesus. And so we come in this place and we're united in spite of our diversity because Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And he's the one who calls us together. But not only do we need times of worship, it's also important that we have opportunities to grow and to learn. You know, traditionally, we've done that through things like Sunday school or, or through things like, like Bible study as we, as we learn and grow in our understanding of, of who God is, of, of who the church is, of, of what it means to live out our faith in the world around us. And that's very important. It's important to learn that. But the Christian faith is not just about correct knowledge. You realize this, don't you? The Christian faith is a call to, to live that out within our lives. And we also need one another to do that. We can't live this faith out on our own. We need groups of people who can surround us to, to help us live out our faith. Somewhere along the way sometimes in the church, I, I think we've kind of slipped into this way of thinking that maturing in Christ simply means learning more information about Christ. But maturing in Christ is also living this out. And in order to do that, we need one another. We need people to surround us with this within our lives. Having said this, I want to go back to these verses we, we read here a little bit ago in Philippians. This is part of a, a larger section in chapter 1 and into chapter 2 where Paul is, is talking to the church about living out their citizenship. What he means by that is living out their Christian faith in their everyday lives, allowing their faith to be lived out within the world around them as they go through daily living in their public and communal life. Now, at first glance, there was a part I read here just a little bit ago that says, carry out your salvation. Some of you are maybe more familiar with that in the phrase, work out your salvation. How many of you heard it expressed that way? Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation. You know, at first glance, it could communicate that, that our salvation comes because of something that we do. But that's not really what Paul is trying to say here. But as, as we're talking here, Paul is, is not encouraging the church to work for their salvation because they've already received that from Jesus Christ. He's not calling them to work for their salvation. He's calling them to work that out. Because they have received this precious gift from Jesus Christ, they now must do everything in their power to live into this gift that they have received. 
Does that make sense? And so this is the call for them to live into this. But, but it's interesting that these verses here, this is, not, this is not an individual command, this is a communal command. He, he's speaking to this entire body of believers. He's, he, he's saying that, that we are called to live as the people of God and that we are called to live out as salt and light in the world around us and, and working out our salvation is the community's response to God's gracious initiative in our lives. And so collectively together, we are called to live this out, to to live in faithful obedience, and the call to faithful obedience is not something that we can take lightly, and it's not something that we can do on our own. You know, I I said uh, at the beginning that the Christian faith is this journey that's not about going fast, it's about going far. There's something within that, that that I think is important to clarify. For Christians, our goal is not just the end of this journey. It's not just the end that matters, it's also the journey. It's also the way we get to the end. So we are called to live into this faith that we have, to, to not just believe right things, but, but to live this out, to allow that to, to affect our, our daily lives. So if you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear this. To be the people God has called us to be, we can't do it on our own. We need one another. We need one another. Last week, I, I shared that, that some of the ways as we've been working through this process as, as a board, and even before that time, of really feeling that, that small groups is something that matters to us. And really, that's rooted in this. It's rooted in this fact that, that to be the people God's called us to be, we need one another. We need relationships. I, one of the ways I, I'd like to begin thinking of this over the last couple years is we need holy friendships. We need holy friendships. Sometimes when we think of friendships, we think of people who like the same things that we like, who want to do the same things that we want to do, who whatever it is. But, but the call that we have here is, is this call to, to holy friendships, this call to these kinds of, of relationships where, where people will love us for who we are, They'll accept us for who we are and love us for who we are. But it doesn't stop there. They see who we are. They see the, the good things and the not-so-good things about us, and they choose to love us for those things. But, but they also want to journey with us to help us to be the people that God has called us to be. And we often need help with that. We really do. You know, when I was in, in college my freshman year, I ran track at, uh, at NNC, Jared, I'm old. At NNC, I, I ran track, and I remember one day, like I still remember this so very clearly. I'd, I'd gone out, and I'd, I'd done my, my run, my seven to eight miles, and then I came back, and I was running 300-meter repeats around the track. And I don't remember how many I had to do that day. It was probably six to eight of those, and, and I had certain times that I was supposed to hit for my repeats. And as I was getting ready to go into my last repeat, I was feeling pretty good about myself. You know why? My coach was watching, and I'd hit the time on every single one. I was getting ready to run my last repeat, and my coach walked up to me, and he said, something doesn't seem right here. He said, you look a little flat. Have you been getting enough sleep? I thought, what's he talking about? Like, I've done everything he's asked me to do. Like, I've done what he's asked me to do, and not only have I done it, I've done it exactly the time I was supposed to do it in. What's he talking about there? 
And then I started thinking about that and thinking about the fact that in the freshman dorm, we'd been staying up late watching movies or staying up late going to, I don't know where we went to, Taco Bell or wherever it was, Maverick Station, I think, right? We've been doing all of this stuff, and the truth of the matter was I hadn't been getting enough sleep. But I couldn't see that myself. I needed him to tell me that. I needed him to speak that into my life, not, not to condemn me, but to help through this journey. We all need those relationships where people love us enough to invest into us, to care about us, and also to share in life together, to cry with us when we cry, to celebrate with us when we celebrate, to journey in this life of faith together because we can't do this on our own. We cannot do this on our own. You know, as I think about all this, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that there are some of you who are here today who already have relationships like this. You have a group of, of holy friendships where you are able to gather together on a regular basis to, to love each other, to, to challenge each other, and push each other, and care for one another, and share in life together. And some of you already have that, and I, I celebrate with you for that. That is a wonderful, incredible blessing. If you have that already, you know, I would ask you to, to, to do a, a couple of things. Here's, I would ask you, first of all, to, to pray. To pray that others would have those kinds of relationships too. Pray that others would have that. And if you have like a group like that, several people, maybe it's two or three or four or even a half dozen or, you know, ten people, whatever, to live in your life like that, I would also encourage you to share the value of that with other people. You know, there is, there is importance in us sharing our story with one another. You realize this? There's importance in us sharing our story with one another. One of my favorite examples came from the, the foreword to a book I read probably 20 years ago. The title of the book was Blue Like Jazz, and I don't remember a whole lot about the book, but in the foreword, the author says, you know, I never liked jazz music. Till one day I found myself standing outside the Baghdad Theater in Portland, Oregon, and I saw a guy playing jazz. And for 15 minutes, he never opened his eyes. And then the author says this, sometimes you have to see somebody love something before you can love it yourself. You know, there's value in us sharing our story in all facets with those people around us. And so if you have the blessing of having people that you can journey with, who can challenge you, who can encourage you, I, I would ask you to, to share that with others, to let others know that this is a good thing, that we really do need one another in our lives to help each other with this. And, and if you have a group of people like that, and, 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 you know, and if there's room for a few more folks, then I would encourage you to find a, invite a few more folks to join in in this process with you. You know, the most important thing for holy friendships isn't that you share everything in common in life. The most important thing for holy friendships is that you all desire to live lives of faithful obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ in everything you do. That's the most important thing. So I'd encourage you to invite others into that. You know, I, I realize that, that some of you have had something like this in the past, but, but right now, maybe that's missing in your life. 
And if that's you, I would encourage you to, to pray. To pray for what is it that God might be wanting you to do. God, what is, it, what is it that you're asking me to do? What do you want me to do? I would encourage you to, to maybe reconnect. And maybe if you can't reconnect with that group you've had before, I mean, look around. We've had a lot of folks begin to be a part of our church over the last year and a half. Look around, invite some folks to join within that. You know, this last week I was at... Uh, a, a district retreat for, for pastors. Pastor Mindy and Joel were, were there as well. We were, we were all a part of this retreat for, for the churches on, on the Northwest District. During the course of that retreat, I, w- I was reminded that, you know, when I was pastoring in, in Michigan, I, I had a group of pastors that I would meet together with usually three to four times a year. And we came from three different states, and, and we would gather together from about noon on Thursday to noon on Friday. And this was our rhythm for over seven years. Over seven years, we would, we would do this. We would, we would gather together just to, to share in life together, to support one another, encourage one another, challenge one another, all those things. You know, I've missed that a lot since I left Michigan. And I'd kind of longed for some of that and, and was thinking about some of that, and then all the COVID stuff kind of happened. I found myself at, at pastor's retreat this week, and especially seeing so many of the new pastors on our district feeling a sense, you know, I've, I've benefited from this kind of a thing before. I think maybe it would be time for me to try to form something like that again. Not only for my own self, but for the sake of those people around me. You understand what I'm saying here? So if you've been a part of something like this before and aren't currently, I would, I would ask you to pray and to consider what God might want you to do towards this. You know, if you've not been a part of a group like this, I got something I want to say to you as well. Sometimes people will come to Pastor Mindy and they'll say, you know, Pastor Mindy, Pastor Mark was talking about, you know, being a part of of like a small group or holy friendships, and I would love to be a part of something like that. In fact, I would love to be a part of something like that as soon as possible with a group of people who have the same interests I do and who live close to me and have the same time schedule as I have. We don't have a unicorn farm out back. You know, sometimes we want things that simply don't exist, and it's really hard to try to just make that happen, right? It's really hard to make that happen. Let me say this. There's no such thing as a perfect group. There's no such thing as that. But again, if the focus is we're coming together because our desire is to be faithful and obedient to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our desire is to continue to grow in grace and knowledge, That's our purpose, that we can be united together around that common purpose. So if you've never been a part of something like this, I would also ask you to pray. I'd ask you to pray and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Maybe in two, say, you know, God, who who are people in my life that might be good to share in this journey with? People who also might want to live faithful, obedient lives to you. Who are those people? You know, I'm I'm confident that if you bathe that in prayer, that God's gonna put some people on your heart. There'll be an opportunity to do something like this. And then I would also encourage you, as you pray about this, as you work towards this, to, to, to not just do that, but to even take some initiative. 
to take some initiative to reach out to other folks, to try to form these kinds of relationships. And, you know, if you, can, if you have no luck in that whatsoever, we want to help you. You can talk to Pastor Mindy. You can talk to myself. You can talk to Pastor Billy. We want to help you with this. But you can also take this initiative in your own. You know, sometimes in the past, as I've, as I've talked about these things, you know, I, I think really having a group like this can be really as simple as this. You gather together and do three things. One is, is something that I like to think of as intentional fellowship. Uh, the reason I say intentional fellowship is sometimes our fellowship isn't, isn't, you know, fellowship really just means life together. And sometimes we don't like to go very deep. And so it's like, oh my goodness, did you see that Ducks game yesterday? I thought they had that. What happened to them? I mean, it's fine to talk about that, but that's not very deep, is it? Titular fellowship is saying, hey, how's your week been? Hey, as you think ahead this week, are there any things coming up that you really need God to be at work in? What's going on in your life, right? That's intentional fellowship. I think another thing that's so important is, is some opportunity to reflect on what God is wanting to say in our lives. That might be reading a book written by some other author, you know, the kind of a book that you can buy at a bookstore or on your Kindle. It could also be gathering around a book of Scripture and say, you know what, we're going to work together through the Gospel of Matthew this fall. It could be choosing to work together on that, but not just to like study something in order to learn more information, but primarily to ask this question, you know, as we engage with this, what is it that God is calling us to do? How is God calling us to embody our faith? What is God asking of us as his followers? You with me on that? And so we, we intentional fellowship, we, we reflect on what Christ is calling us to do, and we pray for one another. We pray for one another. Here's the one thing I would say about praying for one another. I've been a part of enough groups to know that sometimes it goes like this. Oh, man, look at that. We are, we are almost out of time. We've got nine minutes till 1030, and some of you have your clock set for 1030, so we better wrap things up here. So we're going we're gonna to hurry and, and pray because we're almost out of time. Anybody have any prayer requests? And then after we share prayer requests, say, well, look at that. It's, it's 1029. We only have one minute. So let me hurry up and wrap us up in prayer so we can go. And that's okay sometimes. But I think sometimes we rush through things like prayer. I think sometimes we can rush through things like praying together. Sometimes it's because that makes us feel uncomfortable. But I really believe that there is power in prayer. I believe that there is power in prayer. And that often we are called to pray together as the body. And so I encourage you to make prayer a part of times together. As we humble ourselves before God. As we lay our burdens at God's feet, but as we also allow God to speak into our lives. You with me here? You know, last week I, I, we, we gave out these, these bookmarks, Reach Our Valley, asking the question on the front, what is it that God is calling me to do? And on the back side, we have kind of these three areas of focus. Today we are in the middle one, to grow in Christ with others. You know, in order to be the people that God has called us to be, we need one another to do that. We can't do this on our own. And I just ask you to say, what is God asking me to do? What is it that God wants me to do? And to live into that. And again, let me just say, 
If you need help with this, if you've got questions, you can talk to any of us. Any of us pastors, we, we want to help. But you can also feel free to follow God's leading in your life to live into this as we seek to be the people that God has called us to be. Let me pray for us this morning. Lord, we thank you so much that when we were lost, you found us. That when we were broken, you offered us new life. And Lord, today we come together so grateful for the fact that you could love people like us. And God, as we come together as a congregation today, our desire is not just to be a people who receive your love and grace, but to be a people who also embody your love and grace to those around us, to those within our church, but far beyond that, to those in our community and even beyond. And so God, today, as we are here in this place, we just humble ourselves in your presence. And God, we ask that question, what is it that you want us to do? And Lord, once again, we just reaffirm our intention for you to be Lord of every part of our life. And we pray that as you lead us, that we would have the strength to follow. So we give ourselves to you as an act of worship today. In your name we pray, amen. As we continue in worship, and I invite you to stand with us and praise our Lord for, for who he is. What? 
to go from this place. May we go and carry out our salvation, knowing that God who calls us will go with us and empower us to do that. So would you go in the grace and peace that comes to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.